Welcome to the Full 10 Yards Power Rankings Podcast with Josh Henwood and your host Liam Horsley. Hello and welcome to week four of the Power Rankings Podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and as always I'm joined by the king of Full 10 Yards Power Rankings, it is of course Josh Henwood. How are you doing mate? I'm good, mate. Just uh, cur- currently squeezing in and 20 minutes in between lunch to be able to uh, <laughs> to go through what I'm hoping is actually the most amenable power rankings going. I've, I've, I've felt really comfortable writing them up this week for some reason, even despite a few rather violent moves up and down the <laughs> list. Yeah, I appreciate your uh, commitment to the power rankings here at uh, lunchtime. But uh, I think I saw online that people were actually saying they agreed with these rankings the most from what I saw on Twitter. Is that right? Yeah, at least a couple of them. Um, yeah. And I, d- I think that on our private chats as well, I heard the least amount of uh, <laughs> the, the least amount of derision. So yeah, why this year? Last year, if we didn't did this podcast, it would just be nothing but constant arguments. But uh, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be quite serene this week. <laughs> I was going to say, last week, if I wasn't on holiday, we'd have had more uh, discussions, but I think I'm uh, pretty with you on a lot of these rankings, but we'll we'll go through them. Um, as always, why don't we just start at the top, mate? Um, obviously, top five, you've got the Bills at one, Eagles at two, Chiefs at three, Dolphins at four, and Ravens at five. So I guess, first of all, um, I agree with you, but Eagles at two, not at one. Obviously, only unbeaten team in the league. What are your thoughts on, on the Bills and Eagles at the top two? So the Bills have had a far more difficult schedule than the Eagles, really. The the Eagles are obviously the hot hand in terms of they seem dominant. There's been a couple of question marks for me, and they've not exactly played, you know, top teams. They're, they've currently had a three-point win over the Lions. They've had a, you know, a resounding victory over the Vikings. Um, you know, a first-half rampage over the commanders who I have as number 32 for yet another week and then they beat the Jags um, you, you know from from a come behind but it was a relatively easy come behind um, I thought in the end they, they seemed to just strong to it in the end so you know, I feel like they still have a little bit more to give. I think that if there were a couple more, I feel like if the AFC wasn't as competitive, you would find that it would be, you know, that they might not even be a conversation at one or two or maybe even three or four. Um, I think because of the fact that there's quite a bit more churn in the AFC that, you know, some of those have actually been kicked down where they probably have an argument to say that they shouldn't be. Yeah, and like last week you mentioned, you do want to try and keep a AFC and NFC team in some order in top two, don't you, just to reflect? I, I, I like to keep it that way, yeah. So Bills, Eagles in a Super Bowl at the moment, you know, and then I've got the Bills beating the Eagles still. <laughs> yeah, true. That would probably, probably exactly what would happen as well. Um, I looked at the Eagles schedule as well and I can't see... Uh, there's not many losses coming before week 12, 13. So I feel like they're going to be a constant in this top two, three for the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, re- I mean I'm mean, i thinking about it now. The Cowboys potentially is probably the first true test. And, you know, if that's with Cooper Rush, <laughs> then, you know, that that's a question mark in of itself. Yeah, it's two weeks' time. And I think they've got Packers week 12. So we'll see, see what happens there. Um, obviously, three, the Chiefs, they're one of the movers, I guess, in the... The top five, um, 
and we'll talk about who falls out in a minute. But um, did their win over the Bucks? What kind of impressed you there? Heavily Even I know you weren't on the Bucks. Heavily convincing win. Um, I didn't expect it to be quite that convincing. I was very. Yeah, I was very impressed by it. I felt like they were never in doubt. Uh, the play calling seemed to be on point. Defense worked for them. Offense was just rolling. Patrick Mahomes is back into his natural swing of things. You know, this is this is down the stretch Chiefs football that they've just played there. If they can play like that continuously, then they will continue to be a force. I think that teams in their division, for example, and stuff like that does not help matters. Um, As in, like, it helps the Chiefs, but not others. So I think that that helps elevate them as well somewhat, so they seem more dominant. Um, And then you've just got the fact that, I mean, we'll talk about it in a sec, but, you know, the teams directly under them in what I consider that top tier that we're currently talking about, you know, seem to be shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, four, five, six, we've got Dolphins, Ravens, followed by the Rams. Obviously, Rams fall out. We'll talk about their game in a sec. But um, Dolphins and Ravens both losing. But unfortunately, the teams through six through maybe eight couldn't really do much themselves to, uh, to, to jump up this week. No, they couldn't. So realistically, this became more about what's the gut feeling a quarter of the way into the season. You yeah. know, the Dolphins have issues around their quarterback at the moment, but that's whether or not he still has a brain, you know, um, simply because of, you know, and I know that's making light of it in an incredibly insensitive manner, but, you know, you've got to ask yourself whether or not the Dolphins have acted in an insensitive manner as well. This is, this, you know, you're playing with a kid's life here. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that I speak for a lot of people who stayed up late to watch that live and seeing him going into the, into the fencing position after what was very clearly something to do with the head the week prior, um, you know, and go, you know, God, please don't get back, you, you know, don't don't try and get back in the ring, you know, sit this out, you know, it it's worrying, but... For the sakes of this um, conversation, the rest of the Dolphins team is actually really good. If Tua does indeed come back in, of which it looks like he's scheduled to do, um, surprisingly, I'm going to put there in italics, um, you know, it seems that they have a shot of being something really special this year. They've just got to really protect him. Um, You know, maybe look at ways, you know, trying to reduce the risk around him because it's you know this this sport is so dangerous and you know it, it's a problem but they can also be a problem this year and the ravens yeah. the the, Ra- the ravens have um only been behind for 14 seconds <laughs> yeah, in, yeah yeah across the season you know that's an insane stat but what it says to me is they are not the complete package because if you're still taking those two losses despite only can you know being ahead for all that time or tied for all that time it shows that you don't have the killer instinct and it shows that you are letting leads slip and you can't do that in this league yeah which is uncommon for teams that run the ball as well which obviously they do but unfortunately their passing attack has not been good in the last both those games where they lost their passing attack was terrible in the second half and I think that's something we're going to see maybe continue throughout the season but I'm with you in them being top five obviously the only two teams they've lost to are two teams you've got above them so I think that helps them from a ranking perspective and their roster is obviously still incredibly good uh, in terms of yeah. the Dolphins uh, I think they probably I know it's hard to say in hindsight but they probably win for me 
that Bengals game if he stays in because they were playing really well on offense. Yeah. Yeah, I'd um, agree with that. And I actually think that the so I've got the Bengals still at ten despite that win. It's because it was an incredibly unconvincing win. You know, that yeah. it was as soon as you took two out of that game, it was an incredibly boring game. Um of which neither team wanted to win by the looks of it. And the Dolphins could have actually come back. Teddy Bridgewater almost had a fourth quarter comeback against <laughs> the Super Bowl entrant Cincinnati Bengals. What? Excuse me? Yeah. It, yeah. it shows that there are problems there, but their roster is still stacked. It's difficult to bet against them. Yeah, it is. And you got teams above them as well that I know a couple of them lost, but um, a couple of them obviously did get wins. One of them more kind of more convinced than the other. So I do think it was hard to move the Bengals much up from, from 10. Dolphins play the Jets this week as well, so I can't see them moving much from four because uh, I think they're probably going to win that game. Even we've already heard that Teddy's going to start um, this week. So I think the, the top five might be quite relatively Oh, he's Teddy starting, is he? I have to admit, I didn't see that news. Yeah, they've ruled two out for next week. So week five, okay. nothing. They they said they're not going to comment any further than week five. So it'll be Teddy versus the Jets, which has actually just been announced as the Sky game as well. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, yeah, I mean, that shows you that it's the UK old heads, isn't it? But that, that yes. that's an incredibly astute decision. Um, yeah. They should absolutely be doing that. I can't see as to why they would not uh, do that, just to be precautious anyway. I'm just going to take a very quick look. Oh, Vikings next up after that, and then the Steelers after that. Keep Teddy in for those games. Protect Tua. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good defense. I know the, the, Viking, yeah, the Vikings didn't look great in London defensively, but pass rush-wise, theoretically, it's quite good. And obviously the Steelers are a good defense. So they're going to get hit a lot as well in those games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's not a terrible quarterback to have as your number two. You know, there are plenty of worse team of worse players, sorry, to have as your number two quarterback. And against teams like the Vikings, the Steelers and the Jets, put it this way, if you have a roster as good as the Dolphins do, then those are the sort of games you should still be looking at dubs in the column. Yeah, definitely. Especially that defense as well that can stop yeah. those teams from uh, from scoring. Um Rounding out the rest of the top 10, obviously team in six, the only one to drop out of the top five, the Rams. We kind of preliminarily spoke, didn't we, before Monday Night Football, and it was going to be a, a similar top five, but then they uh, decided to get absolutely hammered by Niners team and look awful on offense. And to be honest, in terms of missing tackles, didn't look great on defense. So what do you, what do you see from that Rams game? Honestly, the panic button is firmly on the Rams. I've been unconvinced by them all season. Uh, the roster is kind of what kept them up there. And the fact that they kept ticking the wing column over um, for those to, to go two and one. This game felt very much like the Bills game where if they play anybody with any kind of, you know, anything about them, then they crumble. They absolutely crumbled here. You know, only scoring nine points against 49ers i'd expect teams on you know the, the the lower half of this table to be able to put up touchdowns at the very least it was you know it was awful and it's indicative of the fact that there should be some panic in la at the moment around them so you know they're six now i could they, they could be out the top 10 in a couple of weeks if they're not careful yeah, we'll talk about it at the end, but there's a couple of games next week I've got my eye on that I think could swap this order around, and, and, and they might be one of them, to be honest. I think the offense looks really bad. It was seven sacks, I think, that Matt Stafford took in the game. <laughs> Obviously, O-line is, the O-line is bad, um, and I had a discussion on the go-for-two pod yesterday with Callum from Full 10 Yards about the, the Rams team, and 
Uh, I just think when you're losing that left tackle, starting right guard, starting wide receiver, best defensive end in the league last year in terms of pressure rate. I know he didn't play the, the whole season, so it's small sample size, but there are a lot of starters there that the Rams don't have, and I think it, you could tell against a good team. And, and Jimmy G wasn't even having to do much. It was kind of hit someone for no, eight yards. No, he wasn't. Run Jimmy 60. G was having to... Yeah, he was just doing Jimmy G things, which is game manage, yeah. give it to your playmakers, let them do the work. And that that works in this league. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, seven, obviously the Packers, very poor win. We don't talk about every team in depth. So we'll, we'll, we'll try and leave the Packers and see how they go next week. But yeah, poor win. Um, yeah. Team in eight, obviously Tampa stayed where they were, obviously lost to a team you've got above them. So people can, can probably understand that. But in terms of the panic rating, you've got the Rams, you've got the Bucks. What are your thoughts on on the Bucks compared to that Rams panic me? Less panic button on the Bucks than the Rams. I feel like I hit that button last week, um, you know, and I, I may have moved them down prematurely. I know that they were one of the teams which you were a little shocked that I'd put yeah. down as low as eight that early. Um, the, quite a few of the US media also put the Bucks down that low at the same time um it's because of the fact that they don't know when the turn's going to come and i um i agree you know they're, they're a good football team but they're not great at the moment and it's difficult to know when that's going to come around they'll beat the majority of teams but do i see them getting out of a divisional playoff at the moment i don't think i do yeah, I've actually seen them drop out of top tens in in some rankings uh, across now. Where I think I'm not, I'm to, not that eight hard, to ten. Yeah. yeah, I think eight to ten is, or seven to ten is, I think, pretty fair. Yeah, um, I think it's did... just because the other teams have issues as well. You know, just to yeah. help you round out the, you know, nine and ten. You know, you've got I've got the Chargers at nine. The Chargers looked good against Houston, but you know, um, the Powder Blue report leave from the powder blue report will tell you that it was not a convincing win by any means it was just the fact that houston were bad rather than the Chargers were good and then you got the bengals who i've said previously it was the most unconvincing win against miami really and they've been unconvincing all year you know their problems still remain and yeah so so those are your main issues there and that's why a team like tampa isn't going to drop out the top 10 yet yeah, Tampa have got incredibly easy schedules now for the next five or five to seven weeks, I think. So um, we, we we might not see them go up because if they beat the teams they're supposed to beat and the teams below them keep winning, uh, above them keep winning, then you never know. We could see them stuck in this sort of seven to ten range for for most of the season. We'll see. Um, one team not in the top ten, I think some people may want in the top ten. Forty uh, Nineers, obviously they're in at eleven at the moment. Um, I think they're above Minnesota in 12, and I think that is a, a little bit of a clear tier for me, that top 11. Um, what do you think on them? Because it was an impressive win. We're not sure on the Rams, but the defense is looking like the best defense in football at the moment. Yeah, their defense does look incredibly good, and they, they probably have a really good argument for it. The problem is making sure that both sides of the ball work. You know, let's not forget that we're one week removed from potentially one of the worst Sunday night football games in recent <laughs> history. Maybe since the, the years started to be written with a two. Uh, you know, it's... It, it's about making sure they can be consistent. The 49ers aren't consistent at the moment, but you know they're, they're making all the right all, all the right noises at the moment. And like you say, realistically, the tier stops at 11. You know, 11 up, you expect these teams to be in and around the divisional round of of a playoffs at the moment. 
and to be able to you know say with a degree of confidence that they were if they were in a wild card game that they would win a wild card game so yeah that's the um that, that that's the main sort of i think if you're in that side of line you should just be happy at the moment just wait for things <laughs> to start evening themselves out over the course of the next few because this is where the churn starts october is where things really start to you know solidify we've we've kind of get gotten past the uh, shaking off the rust this is where the good teams start to solidify their positions yeah and this year especially with how defenses are playing we've seen offenses take longer to get into the season so i think you're right the next four to six weeks we'll start realizing who the, the best actual offenses are uh, in terms of the 49ers they've got the panthers and falcons next so two games and the falcons have played well but two games they should win um, I don't know if that's going to help their position much because we probably would bank on them to win. But then followed by that, they've got Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, Cardinals. So I think by the middle of November, we're going to really know where the 49ers team sits. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. Um, cool. We'll go through uh, the rest up to, I guess, to, to, to 20 now. Um, Dallas and 13, Denver at 14, Jags at 15, Titans at 16, Cardinals at 17, uh, the Raiders at 18, your Cleveland at 19, and then uh, the Colts at 20. Um a team to call out here is Denver at 14. Are they too high, do you think, with how bad they've looked at times this season? Well, I have dropped them down a spot. And <laughs> it's, you know, that off the uh, off the back of losing to the Raiders, potentially there, there was a call for it a bit more. With, with, with this sort of zone from 12 to about 20, uh, you know, for me, this is the true, like, in the race sort of, um, tier, you know, these are the ones which I would expect to be looking at, like the you know the six and seven wild card spots in their respective conferences, for example. And then I think who would beat who on a particular day. So at at the moment, you know, Denver, I'd, I'd expect Denver to be able to beat the likes of the Jags, the Titans, Arizona. You know, they they fell down to the Raiders, but the Raiders, I wouldn't feel confident against the Cardinals, as we've seen. I wouldn't feel confident yeah. with them against the Titans, and I wouldn't feel confident with them against the Jags. So it ends up stupidly evening itself out um, yeah. over the course. The the, um, the Denver defense actually looks really good. You know, if yeah, we does. talk about um, if, if we talk about the 49ers having a good defense, then uh, Denver's is the same. And I do think that Denver has the offensive roster to sort themselves out. Um, you, you know, they're a team that is really difficult to place, and you know, you know, the the argument can be made happily whether or not they should be eleventh or whether or not they should be twenty first. They are just not consistent, but they are trending downwards. Though I will admit that one team which I would like to just heap some praise on is um, Dallas. You know, they are sneakily one of the best, better teams in the league. I actually think I might still have them too low at 13. You know, they've got a three and one record, despite Cooper Rush being the guy behind it. It's not like they've slowed down when it comes to passing. So, you know, it's, you know, all, all the better to them. Yeah, and they've got um, probably, I think everyone knows the 49ers defense is going to be good. Everyone knows the Bucks defense before Sunday was going to be good. Um, but the Cowboys have arguably got top five defense now in the league. Their part, their yeah. pressure rate is insane with those, uh, with that front. Especially after losing Randy Gregory, obviously did go to the, did go to Denver and unfortunately got injured yesterday, but uh, on Sunday. But um, yeah, their defense has been amazing for the Cowboys, and they've got 
Uh, their next games are the Rams that we'll touch on at the end, and then the Eagles. So I do feel like if they can go even one and one in those games, oh, they're going to be a team yeah. you might be thinking about top, not top ten, but ten, eleven, twelve, maybe. Yeah, around the Viking spot, around around yeah. around that twelve, eleven, at least, or maybe even the Bengals spot at ten. You know, yeah. If they win both, then it could get really interesting because they've won oh, games God, if they really win, bad. If form. they win both, then we're going to have to start blowing some of this up. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start if they end up winning both. We could have two NFC East teams in the top uh, six or seven teams. Oh, but... Be still my beating heart. <laughs> God help us. Um, <laughs> obviously, the, the Jags lose this week. Um, you still got them in the top 15. I think they're a team that have impressed people throughout the season. Um, Cardinals dropped into 17. Um Obviously, biggest you had some money on them. You, yeah. you've, you've finally, uh, you've finally broken me. <laughs> even um, though they won, as well. even though they won, yeah, but they made it incredibly difficult against one of the worst teams in the league. Um, yeah. Let's face it, Carolina are trash this year. They really yes, are yeah. <laughs> um, on both sides of the ball. Arizona have made made, made life really difficult. I, I mean, we were on a private chat as I was waiting for the Cardinals to uh, help bring me some cash in, and for three quarters of it, I'm you know, I, I think every single expletive under the sun was being said about Kyler Murray, and then just about the Cardinals in general. So they finally got over the line, but you know, it's. It's mad as to how underperforming they are, and I don't think it's just one particular thing. I don't think it, I know that you're not a Cliff Kingsbury fan, for example, um, and the stats do kind of back that up. But you know, it's not like the quarterback's any great shakes. I'm, you know, I'm probably the biggest K one denier. Um, and the defense, if you take away JJ Watt. The, the, the defense seems to crumble, but I will I will say that JJ Watt possibly one of the most heartfelt emotional performances going. Uh, I don't know if you saw his press conference afterwards as well when he was talking about his uh, his heart failure during uh, yeah, training in the middle of the week. But yeah, I mean that was that that was something else. You can tell that he's a real leader on the team as well, and you know being able to pull that out for your team is something else. Yeah, I agree. And I was listening to a good um, podcast about it, actually, where they were saying that if he's allowed to play at the weekend, then the NFL doctors would have already known about this. It's happened more than once. Obviously, it's private and he doesn't want to talk about it, like he mentioned uh, in two of his kind of press conferences slash announcements. But he must have had this before, gone to all the doctors on on Twitter, I know, but because they wouldn't let you play if it happened. They never happened before. So, uh, yeah, incredible person. I think he got like four bad down passes in that game as well on Baker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Baker's obviously an easier quarterback to do that against because of the way he plays. But I think that's impressive for someone that's had the week that he had. Yeah, still very impressive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you are right. I am the biggest Cliff hater, probably, in the UK scene. You are the biggest Kyler hater. So Cardinals are going to be 32 if we have our way of it. We'll see. Um, <laughs> about your team there, 19. So Cleveland, we haven't actually spoken about them very much in any of the episodes so far. Is there Which an I argument to say, yeah, they should be 4-0, and 3-1, and they could be higher on this list. But why do you have them at 19 when some of the roster looks really impressive at the moment? So... Cleveland, for me, are almost like the prime meridian uh, this year, where I feel like they could probably do a job against 
almost every team outside of the top five on a given day if everything worked well for them. But I yeah. also feel like they could lose to literally every single team on this list and it wouldn't be a shock. Um, so they kind of are one of the few teams. I don't know if I've done this subconsciously for being a Browns fan and trying not to get myself up too high or too low about them because of the emotions of it all. But I've sort of written it kind of on how bad or how good they've been in the wit and just sort of allowed it to naturally rise and fall against those around them. Um, I think 19 is probably a good spot at the moment. Um, you know, you look at the, t- the teams around them. Um, so directly above them, the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Titans, I think that, Cleveland would still find it difficult to beat those on an average day at the moment, which Kobe Brissett under center. Um, and then directly under them, Indianapolis, the Lions and the Patriots. The Patriots are coming up in a couple of weeks, of course. Um, I think that Cleveland would be favored in those, but they would still make it really difficult on them. And I, you know, I could easily see a score swing the other way. So it was more about just placing them in good company. Um, that's what I've tried to do with them because it's still very incomplete, the Cleveland roster. So obviously the quarterback is a massive question mark. It's obviously not going to be Jacoby Brissett for better or for worse. Um, you know, when it comes to December, um, obviously this isn't the, uh, the podcast for that, but uh, if you want to know my He's played views, better than I thought though. He's playing far better than I thought. He really yeah. is. The problem that he's got is that he's very regimented. So if something breaks out, he can't change up. Like the last play, the interception that he made against um, the Falcons that ended the game, Dearness Johnson was in 15 yards of space all around him um, underneath. If he'd have just made that read, because he, he can't make a third or fourth read. If one and two aren't there, he's he's done. He, he's more likely to start running. And yeah. he's not a quick runner. So, you know, you you lose that versatility. The defense, you know, Garrett and Clowney are both out. The defensive tackle that was like our main defensive tackle is out. And he wouldn't even be on a practice squad elsewhere. So, you know, there are issues that, and they are being exposed very early. But like you say, the roster is still incredibly talented and the offense is doing better than we thought. So... You could Cleveland for me are the prime meridian. You know, <laughs> face them on any particular day, and it's probably the gods that decide your fate more than the team. <laughs> yeah, true, true. We don't want to look too far ahead, but um, they have this. They have seven a terrible of... schedule coming yeah. up. Yes, yeah. yeah Chargers, yeah. Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, then the Bucks. So yeah, um, yeah, very, very, very tough schedule. Then I think after that is. Uh, quarterback change time but um yeah we'll, we'll see if they win a couple of them games with that defense that pass rush and then uh, obviously the run game they could end up moving up the list just because how hard those teams are so, so. yeah absolutely but uh yeah for, for the time being just being cautious i think <laughs> uh team in 20 then the colts this is a contentious one i've seen them lower um i'm a chiefs fan obviously and that win that they had was extremely frustrating very lucky but are completely the Chiefs' fault. If they lose that game, are they a team that we're talking about in like 28th, would you say, potentially? Are they being like clung on to because they won one really, really big game? 
maybe not 28, um, maybe like 24, perhaps. Um, I'm not as down on the Colts as many people are, but I'm also not high on them. A lot of people are high on the Colts, like over the Titans, Jags, etc. But, you know, when you look at the list and you see that the Jags are in 15 and the Titans are in 16, the Colts weren't a million miles away against the Titans the other day. You know, they're worse, but they're not terribly worse. So they should still be in around the same ballpark. Um, and then you look at the teams around them. This is where you start to realize that the middle is just congested. You know, the, the Desmond Club this year, the, the, the number of teams that have got a 2-2 are, you know, I think it's two-thirds of the league have two two and two at the moment. So, you know, the middle, it, it really is a case of just, any given Sunday and the Colts, you know, let's look at their company, Cleveland versus the Colts, close game, Raiders versus Colts, close game, Colts, Lions, close game, Colts, Pats, close game. So, you know, it's, it's pretty much just a case of company at this point. You know, when you start looking a little further afield, so for example, Colts and New Orleans in 23rd, I'd back the Colts personally. That's, that's sort of where it gets to. Yeah, I think the teams. I mean, I mean like you, sh- 20... you shake your head. Yeah, you shake your head, but realistically, they're still close enough. You know what? You know, realistically, Dallas versus Indy could still be close technically. Well, they're playing um... the fact that they've got Cooper Rush. Yeah, well, they're playing Denver this weekend. It's a three and a half point spread, so that tells you that it's close. Well, there you go. That's... Fourteen versus twenty on a three and a half point spread. Vindicated. Yeah, and, I, and I imagine if they played, I don't know, let's say Pittsburgh, who you've got in twenty six. In in Indianapolis, it would be probably a three or four point spread, so it'd be quite close to there as well. So yeah, you're right; it's very yeah. bunched up. From I think thirteen, I know Cooper Rush, but from like fourteen to twenty seven, it feels pretty uh, pretty bunched up in that section. Yeah, um, it does. W- there's one team in there though. So the da- I think Dallas are three and one, aren't they? At thirteen, the next team that have won three games is sat in twenty fourth with the New York Giants. Uh, I'm actually with you on this, but there'll definitely be definitely Giants fans that are completely against this. Uh, is it just the uh, strength of schedule that have got them here and yeah. the fact that the quarterback position just looks an absolute disaster? Yeah, and the fact that their roster just isn't that great either. They that They've hit some fortune early, especially with the schedule. Um, I expect that the wheels will start coming off in London this week against the Packers. <laughs> Even though I don't, I, I, I don't bank on the Packers actually doing the job cleanly either. I imagine that it will still be very awkward. That will give Giants fans hope. Look, if Giants fans want a power rankings that will put them where the three and one deserves, the Athletic comes out with a very results-based power rankings um, of which, you know, gives a lot more credence to just win column rather than quality of win. I suggest that they go over there. <laughs> yeah, and if they somehow beat the Packers in London, then we can have a disastrous power rankings. Oh, episode. God, and if they do that, then... Yeah, it's another one that would blow up everything. But then again, <laughs> how many times have I blown up this power rankings already this year? It feels like I've yeah. done it like three times and it's week four. And they could be having some more uh, Saquon wildcat, uh, wildcat snaps, so we'll see if that happens. Um, <laughs> so Atlanta in 25 and Seattle in 27, two huge wins for them this week with teams above them. Um, was there any kind of opinion to move them up even more with teams like the Saints looking pretty poor, the Pats obviously? did okay, but what did you think they're in about right, those two teams? 
So I have my final, t- I have like three tiers pretty much, and 24 starts the final tier, 24 to 32 for me. Um, I think that, you know, that they've still got something to prove that, you know, they are worthy to be in that middle pack. Um, you know, re- realistically, the Falcons win. I can speak from experience, really. The Browns left too many points on the board. Um, they really did. It should have... I didn't feel under under threat until the fourth quarter, really. And then it was a case of how are we going to Browns this up? Um, so that's sort of where that came. And also, Mariota made seven completed passes on Sunday. You know, yeah, you know, one in the and, second half as well one in the second half all they did was just run the ball down the browns throats because they didn't have a defensive line you know that's what we're talking about there so let's consider that one as an under advisement for now uh seattle seattle are exciting but they're also very risky as well um you know i i could easily see anyone above them beating them on any given Sunday, but I could also see them taking it to like a 110 point game where it comes down to the last throw and Geno Smith gets a penalty for um, pass interference in the end zone and then just sneaks it in for a win. So, you know, you know what, what I do like about this sort of sneaky pack, you know, Giants, Falcons, Seahawks in particular, is that they can keep things rather exciting. You know, even New Orleans at 23, you know, they kept the Vikings game exciting despite looking bang terrible. Not even bang average, but bang terrible for most of that game. So, um, yeah, it's it's difficult to... I mean, Atlanta went up two spots, Seattle went up one. If If they continued on this progression, they'd have to be rewarded by going higher, I suppose. You suppose I like it. Um, my, my tier for me at the bottom is very firmly from your 29 to 32. And I think you've got this spot on in terms of these teams. One of them that wasn't in that bottom four, though, last week was Carolina. Um, was this just from you, obviously, with your, your bet that you had on watching this game in full? Did you just realise <laughs> how bad like they were? It sounds doesn't it? It sounds <laughs> like me. No. Um, so Carolina have gone down four spots. Yeah, um I, this is me officially giving up my Baker Mayfield fan club membership. Realistically, <laughs> you know, finally. I've held on to it. Yeah, finally, I've held on to it for a long, long time, and it just shows that he has to play in a system in a certain way. And if he doesn't have the personal, it ain't going to work. And it just isn't working. I would be very surprised if he continued past this year, if he even makes it through the year. But if you then give the reins to Sam Darnold, I'm putting him in 32. And I don't even <laughs> care. You know, Sam Darnold is not an NFL quarterback. And the fact that that's what they're currently looking at makes me question a lot of things, not just about the NFL, but about life in general. Um, so yeah, uh, and also the fact that the Jets won, the, the Jets need to be co- compensated for going two and two and beating yeah. two AFC North teams. Um, you know, they, I, I can see a path for them where they end up in that middle tier, but Same. it needs to be through more than almost dumb luck, you know. The fact that Kenny Pickett comes out and immediately throws a pick and then there's a bobble pick and then at the end of the game, instead of 
Kenny throwing it where there would be at least some potential for a flag. Instead, he throws it directly to a double coverage of nobody there in the end zone. You know, just a little, little, little coin toss type things like that went their way. Uh, I feel like they've ridden their luck a fair bit in the uh, two wins that they've got, but fair play to them. Yeah, and we'll see if they can do anything against uh, Teddy Bridgewater this weekend. That could be uh, interesting. Um, in terms of the bottom four, like I said, Carolina at 29, Bears at 30, Houston at 31, Washington at 32. Those final three teams have stayed exactly where you had them last week. Um, I know the Bears have got a couple of wins now, which is crazy that's happened. But I do feel like we're going to be talking about those three to four teams just all season, just down here and kind of a hunt for that first pick in the draft. Yeah, um, Washington being that team that should not be there based on what their roster looked like at the start of the year, but they just haven't made it work. The defense looks terrible now, and Carson Wentz is just <laughs> begging for life support by the looks of it. It's just yeah. not there for him. Nope, and uh, I think their fans are now begging for uh, Sam Howell, which uh, <laughs> but prop- could make some improvement. That's how bad Wentz looked, but we'll see if. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll uh, don't don't expect that until Christmas, um, where they potentially just look to see if he can actually do do the job. But I think they're going to try and get a few wins on the board to start out with, um, mainly because if Howell is their guy, of which I'm unsure as to whether or not that is the case in the building, then. You know, they probably don't need to go all out for that number one pick necessarily. Yeah, Taylor Heineke, if he ends up coming in instead of him, then I think that's going to say uh, they're abundance yeah. of what they think and, about. And it's so. close. It, it's close from what's been reported from out there. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, cool. That is uh, that is the power rankings. Anyone wants to see them in full, you can uh, check them out on Twitter uh, at Full Ten Yards. Looking ahead to next week, then uh, I picked out a couple of games I think might have a little bit of an impact on your rankings. The first one being obviously Thursday night football: Colts versus Denver. Um, I think this could be a game that if the Colts somehow beat Denver, Denver could be in free fall from from the ranks potentially. Yeah, it would be Denver in free fall, not necessarily the Colts making any massive strides. They might end up getting past the Browns and the Raiders, but yeah, it'll be Denver in free fall rather than the other way around, I think. Yeah, the other two. So first of all, Rams versus the Cowboys. Um, not sure on Dak yet. There's obviously comments that he can't quite grip the football, but there's still a few days left, and there's a chance that he can give be it ready, Cooper Rush. But, give it Cooper yeah. Rush. He'll probably end up doing a better job at the moment. Um, the Rams can't seem to hold game well schemed offenses at the moment. Cooper Rush is managing one at the moment. You know, keep the hot hand. Yeah, I think if they win that game, uh, the, I don't know how much the Cowboys will go up. We'll see, but I think you could have a bit of a Rams issue. Oh, I, I tell you what, that that I I could probably the the Rams would be out the um, would definitely be on the fringes if not just outside the top ten, and yeah. Dallas would be in the top ten in some form. I think that they would end up crossing like ships in the night. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see how the, the performance looks, but I'd be worried for, if I was a Rams fan for, for that game. Uh, and then last of all, the other game I think can have the most impact on the top 10 um, is actually Ravens versus Bengals. Obviously, Ravens are actually 2-2, two and two, so not the greatest record sat there, but we, we believe in their team. Bengals sat there a little bit fraudulent maybe this week, sat there in 10. 
If the Bengals somehow win, we could see some big movement either way. If the Ravens have a domination, we could see some some really bad movement from Cincinnati. So I think that game there is going to tell us a lot about how far five and maybe 11 is in this ranking. Yeah, and then what happens if it's like a field goal win for the Ravens, which uh, seems like the only way that the Ravens are able to play games at the moment? Does that mean that they both sort of drag themselves towards each other? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And the fact that that's obviously, uh, you know, national television as well is going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. We, we shall see. That's a game uh, I think people can have their eye on. Um, right, unless there's any other teams mate, you want to touch on, I think we've covered it all for today and today's show. No, I should uh, I should probably get back to work, mate, really. Uh, probably. I think of, uh, yeah, I can see that the team's, uh, the team's chat on my <laughs> end is uh, is going berserk. So, uh, no, nice. thanks for thanks for having me on, mate, and for uh, giving me a little, a, a, a polite grilling, I think that that is actually more than anything else. Uh but uh, yeah, um, this time next week, let's do it again. Yeah, we'll be back next week, hopefully next Wednesday again, where Josh kind of loses his lunch break for the uh, for the people listening to the pod. Um, go visit our website, 410yards.com. Go visit us on Twitter at 410yards. Um, the betting episode for the, for the show will come out, I think, on Thursday, if not Friday morning. Um, the Go For Two preview for week five will come out on Friday afternoon. Um, so yeah, go listen to those episodes, guys, and we will speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Full 10 Yards Power Rankings Podcast with Josh Henwood and Liam Horsley. Don't forget to subscribe to the Full 10 Yards Podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Full 10 Yards.